0: This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Rum, do you hear something?
1: Yeah, what is that?
0: It's a bird. No. It's a plane. No, it's not that.
1: Ooh, it's the best
2: of the buzz with Bill. Is that
0: right, eh? It's a good sign of things to come. Commentary on trending headlines with veteran AMI producer Bill Shackleton.
2: Well, now. Billy! I say
0: Shaq! Yep, I'm back.
2: At Chase... Chase Morgan, actually, um, they are discontinuing new safe deposit boxes. So if you already have one, essentially you can keep that. The, again, what the banks are, that bank is particularly saying is that safety boxes, well, first of all, they take up a lot of room. And as you well know, banks, the, the banks are changing. They're smaller, there's less staff, and people are – you know, people have, when, you know, you use these safety deposit boxes because people, you don't want to leave your jewels and that, wills and that at home in case there's a phone, in case there's a break in. People don't want to have a safe. So that's why they use these safety deposit boxes. And it's, it's too, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if without a safety deposit box?
1: So for them, basically, this is not a good business yeah. endeavor anymore, right? That's apparently, what's happening.
2: Apparently. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 costing money because they need special to train special staff to handle the requests. And you know, when you go into a bank now, it's like they're so small. There's not very, as many staff people. They're cutting they're cutting costs all around, Even in mm-hmm. this, you know, if you have to talk to somebody in a bank today, good luck.
1: And I, but you I mean, know. where is your stuff supposed to go? I don't like, know, I would never feel comfortable leaving the, the kinds of things that people live in, uh, leave in safety deposit boxes in my house, in yeah, my rental apartment unit. Yeah, yeah. Where is it yeah, going to go? In my storage I facility? I don't know. But, you know, banks have this reputation, right? Like, you can leave your stuff at the bank. You can feel that your money, your stuff, your jewelry, your gold is secure and if banks are just saying no, no, this is not working out for working out for us anymore because you, the, the business side of it, we're just losing money. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Will the Bank of Canada yeah. store my stuff? I don't know. The, the most mention.
3: puzzling thing to me is that like this is all coming down to the dollar. Yeah, like well, exactly. All of this is coming down to the dollar, and nobody's looking and going, "Well, what about the the person?" And if you go to to you know your 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 insurance what, what and, and they say well i had this stolen because i didn't have a safety deposit box because I can't find them anymore the insurance isn't going to be sympathetic to you they're going to no. think you were a foolish tenant and you didn't secure why didn't you your not you it in, in the bank so, they will ask yeah exactly right like, is, <laughs> hopefully it's it doesn't happen yeah
2: How companies off-sites are changing business travel coming from the Associated Press. So here's a scenario is it used to be that when you went on a, if you had a business meeting, you would go to an office or a, or a conference center. So it could be an office in, in another location. So if your company had two or three offices, you don't, you all would go to one office or you would go to a conference center. There is a growing trend now <clears throat> that companies are basically going on retreats. And what they're doing, the logic behind this is that by going on a retreat, you are go- getting out of the business sort of model, mode, environment. Um, they're calling it pleasure. So, of course, it means business and pleasure. Mm-hmm. So, the idea of doing this is that it's going to get your creative juices going uh, perhaps better, getting better, growing, whatever. And you know, when you go to a business meeting or a conference center or a, an office, you really don't get away from sort of the mentality, you know, of 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 being of being in a business or being with your company. I mean everybody laughs on cue, everybody that type of thing. The idea is that you go on a retreat and have fun. You could go water skiing, swimming, it's still business. It's basically just a different environment. And one of the concerns the article had was how is it going to affect conference centers? You know, these big um, multi-million-dollar conference centers where you know they they're designed specifically for business meetings. And it's going to be interesting to see how many companies actually adopt this kind of method. I know one company that the article mentioned, you know, went to the Alps. Of course, you have to be able to afford these companies, uh, these trips, but it's kind of interesting the way this has changed.
3: I actually think that when you do something like this, although as you point out, it can get expensive and it would get expensive, but when you do something like this, it's got to do nothing but help with the morale of a company. Like if you're going away and all kind of having fun with each other and doing things and i i feel like i'm singing you know a kumbaya song with my words here a little bit but it's true i just think that it would help the office environment if people recognize we're all human we all love to have fun we all love to do that i i just think it's a great idea
2: this is a lot less formal and it would also be as i've said i'm sure it would stimulate your creative juices um you know what i mean your your creativity would probably spark better
1: It's a way to get people wanting to socialize again, too. I'm finding that, you know, the more we don't have fun at work, like fun meaning, you know, social committees type stuff, right? Like parties and uh, gatherings and lunch and learns, like all these different things that you knew you could count on that the company would provide for you a couple times a year to uh, socialize, like just to mix and mingle and, and do something different than actually work and sit at your desk. Um, the, the less we have of that in the last couple of years, the more you're thinking, well, is it even important? Do we want to, like, is the remote party, the virtual Christmas party the same? And you might be leaning away from all that, right? And just thinking, no, this is the new life. We don't need to get to know our people at work. But these retreats drag us out, <laughs> if you will, to a, a place <laughs> mm-hmm. and a time to get to know your coworkers. Because it's true. Like it, it states in this article that we don't even know some of the people we're working with literally because we've never met them.
3: And who knows where the next greatest business idea comes from. It could come from any conversation retreat, yeah. that you're having on the retreat, and it doesn't have to be that you're having a formal business conversation of okay, let's let's brainstorm. It could just come out of a conversation or an activity where you're like, oh, this would be good for this and X, Y, Z. And again, I recognize that I'm really singing kumbaya on this one, and I get it. But it's it's true. It it just it can stem from anywhere at any time.
2: It'll be yeah. interesting to see, is this going to be small companies or, I mean, I'm kind of thinking that if it's an older company, they may be a little more traditional. So the article did mention that, yeah, yeah. It it did mention that it, the, the newer startups might be more likely to take this kind of approach for now anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's something to adopt maybe slowly maybe once a year and it doesn't have to be so extravagant right it can be just it's a time away time away is time away
2: Japan steps up push to get public to buy into digital IDs coming from the Associated Press. So you would think, or you might think, that as technologically advanced as Japan is, that they wouldn't have a problem buying into this digital technology. But apparently, the government is introducing a digital ID, and they're basically saying that if you don't buy into that, you might lose your health, or you might lose your health insurance. So this isn't sitting very well. No, you got to. So you're really not
0: given a yeah. choice. If you look at it this way, it's you might lose it.
2: I, I think basically this, they're, they're, they're going to say they're going to you're going probably going to lose it. And although they said you might lose it, but you know you got to go back to you know Japan is a country where traditions really die hard and they are afraid of these cards they're afraid that you know they the government could link them to your to their uh, their driver's license they're afraid that, that basically there's privacy issues that the, that they're afraid of basically this goes back to world war 2 when the government usurped power traditions are like in in Japan, most businesses are done with fax machines. Most most businesses are done in person, and most businesses, when it comes to transactions, they use cash. Basically, proponents are saying, "Well, why are we changing the rules when the old ways work?" Yep. yep. So, so it's it's kind of it's it's interesting. What's I mean, I, I think as you do and I do that they're going to have to buy it sooner or later. They're going to have to buy into this. Well, you're going to
0: have to. And again, I always think what is the downfall, right? And always loss of whatever, but when you, and stealing identity, Um, the chances of someone stealing your identity in our world now happens, whether you buy into this thought or carrying your ID around uh, in a hard copy form. So we're not escaping that we are, you know, loss. Okay. So then, I have to go through the steps of replacing it. How long does that take? Um, I would love to know s- answers to certain things like that. Like if you lose your social insurance card, or you know, or um, your, your ID that you have, um, it takes a while to to get it replaced. If this means stepping that up, I have lost it. How do I show you? Okay, here's my birth certificate. Is that in a hard copy form? Okay, you know, z- 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 we well, here's your ID again. If it if things could speed up processes like that. I don't know what we can do other than what we're trying to do now security-wise to keep identity theft down and gone. So that's that work in progress and always will be because it's like the chess game, for forever chess game, whatever move you make, the thieves are going to make another. So I, I think, Bill, as a person who would love to just be able to whip out my phone, well, this is me, and be able to access the pages I need because of accessibility with my software, that's awesome. Um, I'm not sure I, I I have this whole. Oh, it needs to be done now. We need to move on, but obviously Japan seems to be.
1: Hmm. Yeah, they, they, I wonder where they're... that is too. Like why certain places around the world are just.
0: I think population
1: adamant. A population, but also, is there a technological reputation that you need to keep up with? You Mm. know, like there's, like we were just, we're on the tail end of talking about um, after
4: Steve, Steve, like the, the book
1: on Apple. Yeah. And how, you know, Apple was determined. To be 10 steps ahead of the game. Like they were thinking of technology that, you know, only 10 years later, we were like, oh yeah, this is normal now. Well, and they were thinking of this. Their
0: wallet and everything is all this. This is what I'm sure Apple Apple believed. Yeah. When Apple Pay
1: came out, nobody fathomed. Tapping number one and number two, uh, you know, not being able to carry your wallet outside, let alone your phone, and just being able to put your wrist on the th- the machine. You know what I mean? Like, and so maybe we get caught up with, "Is this okay? Is this not okay?" But in other creators' minds, innovators' minds, it's this is the only step forward. We cannot be having paper IDs.
0: Well, and and other parts of the world. Um, where populations bigger, where technology is really, you know, China, the Japan, there's a lot of places like that where this is for sure to them, this is a no-brainer. And wallet and everything was exactly. first launched to have, to house all your ID. That's why well, it's know, called you, wallet. Yeah.
2: You wonder, is the technology that the Japanese are going to be using? To to do this, Um, uh, I mean, it sounds like are 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 they new to this? And if so, maybe that's the reason why. See, I don't think so. I don't think it's state
0: secret. It's just a country saying this is just sort of like the the hard line that is it New Zealand is taking about smoking. It's a country deciding we're doing this, and and some places decide.
1: And we only know of it after it's out. After we after they're ready for us to know, but before that of. This could have been in the works for years. We don't know how ahead of the game they are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm anxious. To, well, I shouldn't say I'm anxious to see how this goes because it will go. And in the years to come, it'll just be, well, of course we're doing it this way. Like it'll mm-hmm, be, mm-hmm. you know, this is a little resistant because we're always resistant to something new. But this is totally foreseen, in my opinion. And I think so. Coming soon here.
2: Dining in the dark, Brussels eateries tackle energy crunch. Didn't we have dining in the dark here? Wasn't there something around here yeah. where, where you could dine in the dark? Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh noir, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, talk about coming full circle. The energy crisis in Europe has sparked, of course, con- a, a concern about the, you know, the rising cost of, of, of gas and oil and things like this. So Brussels have come up with a brilliant idea. They had a bunch of restaurants participate in what they call dining in the dark—no stoves, no lights. I'm I'm with them there. They had a bar. They, all they had was cooked food on a on the Japanese barbecue and cold like salads and things like this. And you sort of the, the they're they're ahead of the game. I mean, this could be a huge thing. I mean, it starts small, but you never know how many how if if this gets really bad in Europe. Are restaurants going to close or are they actually going to adopt this? Hmm. And it would have been interesting to see how it actually worked. I mean, you got a bunch of people in a restaurant that they had candlelights on, on the tables, but you sort of wonder how well it went if you're sighted and all of a sudden you're you're in the dark, pretty much. I, I you know, how did I wonder how it worked out?
1: There's a lot that people are facing in the restaurant industry, in the, the food industry that we all are facing anyway, right? Like we've been talking about groceries and bills and all of this stuff and inflation. Uh, but the restaurant industry is facing the exact same stuff, but they've got to feed how many people and use all these industrial machinery and yeah. energy. Uh, that is a struggle, man. Like I I can really understand that this is you know, it's starting off as kind of a little bit of an initiative, but it's no joke.
2: Yeah. Oh no, it's it's no, it's not. And as I, as you say, it's um, it's 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 going to be. It may may be a lot bigger <clears throat> as oh, yeah. as if it if it gets really worse. But I think it's great. I'd love to go. I've gone to see how people react reacted to
3: it. Yeah, I just I don't know. For me, I have such a um a textural problem that dining in the dark would be like. I, I don't know. I, that's why I never did it when it was in Toronto, because I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not there. But, yeah, I would understand the need for it for sure.
2: Yeah, I wonder how much beer got spilled eh? I, or his food got spilled or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure.
3: That would be just a crime, wouldn't it, Bill? The beer oh, got yeah, spilled. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it
2: would.
1: All right. Well, um, I mean, it's pretty brutal to think about this stuff and how it can be – it can be a romantic, uh, sweet way to deal with energy crisis now, but how are people going to feel when all they're eating is non-energy used stuff? Cold, basically, is what yeah. I'm saying, cold.
2: Well, and, and I think, I think, you know, as it, I mean, it's a bit of a joke right now. People are laughing at it, people are having fun, but how serious is this going to get? If, what are people going to, how are they really going to take to it if this really does take off? Mm-hmm. If the energy crisis is as bad as what they predicted is, how much fun yeah. is it going to be? It's yeah. Not because I, I, it, we
1: we all love but once the um once the novelty wears off. Yeah. Or the novelty of this being just a cute idea wears off yeah. and then you start paying attention to what the, the people are actually experiencing, then it's a real problem. And once we all catch up to that notion, then it's going to be maybe a little too late. Um, hopefully, it doesn't get there, but it looks like they're really trying to state that it is.
2: Some embrace TikTok to teach; others warn of decline in student attention spans. <laughs> um, I love this uh, this article, and it's basically suggesting that student that teachers are. Starting to use TikTok as a teaching tool, and it's what what basically what it is is students are going on TikTok and they're 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 presented with the with new with views on certain subjects, and the and it's it, it on top of that you've got music and so the videos are music and dance videos, and on a subject, and the concern that people have is that they're missing the main issue of this if you're all if all you're doing is concentrating on the on the dancing and the music then you're not paying attention to what the actual um video was trying to say and the other the other side of this is teachers are the reason why they're using it is because students can relate to tiktok so they're trying to get the more interested in issues they're trying to spark students conversations about issues and let's face it if you are if if, if you can relate to tiktok which most students can the idea is it'll get them more interested in issues and things that are going on around the world
4: yeah it's actually a really good idea i know well, that I there are is. Certain people who are say teaching physics using, yeah. um, you know, sites like like TikTok, or they're or they're teaching, you know, various kinds of concepts, legal concepts and stuff. And if yes. if if there's something that can, you know, attract the attention of younger people, why not use it if it's there? In fact, mm. get them to make their own TikTok videos that you know to teach these things. I, I think it sounds like a great idea. Well, as yeah, the I mean, article point.
2: Yeah go ahead Billy.
4: As it pointed out
2: I mean it's the aim is to spark students talking about issues and talking and you know take talking to their parents and teachers about it. <clears throat> and Pretty of course much. because it's yeah because it's on TikTok you know hey it's it's a way to go
1: Truly, there is a lot of educational content on TikTok. Um, there's people sharing, you know, firsthand experiences and like disability experience and and just all kinds of education out there. And there's something for everybody that way. I think the part that may we may have to be wary of is how short these videos are. These are not, yeah, that's even- right two minute lessons. They're not five minute lessons. They're not 20 minute lessons. They're definitely not, you know, a series of what you would learn if you were taking physics at school. Right. They're snippets. They're little teeny tiny pieces of information, um, sometimes focused on one small concept, one very specific thing. And so what, what I wonder about is, you know, do you can you consider yourself a professional if you learned about a subject on TikTok? No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs>
4: yeah. Exactly. But you it might make a good introduction.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like what you were saying, um, to preview, right, Billy? Yeah. Like to preview, to get you interested, to make you maybe want to learn more about. Um, it's a nice way to kind of interactive learn that way.
2: Yes, it is. But then the other um, thing third-
1: too, just want to kind of bring the sec the, the first article in here. there might be contradicting opinions on TikTok and people taking it as information. So that's another point.
2: Yeah, it it is. Mm -hmm. The hunters may soon be able to donate meat to Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, Coming from the Canadian press, so there was a two-year project that allowed hunters to donate to food banks in Newfoundland and Labrador, and they wanted extended. Now, of course, now is a good time. Uh, you know, it's as good a time as any to be able to do this because um, before, I guess, the meat had to be inspected, and you couldn't use meat that you that the hunters caught. Um, <clears throat> but now they they are. They have allowed um, meat to be donated. Now, the one thing I wasn't able to find out in the in the article, like, is it fresh meat? How how do you have to donate it? How soon after it's killed? Or do you, can you, if you see a dead moose on the side of the road, <laughs> can you donate it? I don't know. That was one wow. of the things I wanted to find out. Some inspection, if it was, if if you found a dead, something lying there, wouldn't you have? Wouldn't it have to be inspected? I'm not sure what the the standards are
4: for donating. I would. I would hope that you can't just donate some roadkill. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. And it says hunters, so I guess our yeah. our hope is that you know it's it's fresh and uh, and wholesome. But yeah, you're right. There better be some kind of a standard. Not healthy if there isn't. Well, oh, that's interesting. I, I mean, that that's a lot of meat. Um, I I can remember. One time, I worked in a lab that um, somebody brought in a a, a a freshly killed moose, and uh, we had a freezer room, and it took up the entire room. Those are big animals; they are. But it's really
2: it's it's very, especially this time of year, yeah, when food banks are you know low, and 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 a lot of people in that area grew up on um, with moose meat, and yeah. I hope this project is allowed to continue because of course when you consider how much meat is meat goes to waste right and and because you can't donate it which it's kind of crazy
4: yeah well it, it, yeah to me it looks like a sensible thing to do uh, that's for sure
0: Bill Shackleton is a usual suspect on our show Kelly and Company. You can catch Billy sneaking around the studio on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday at 3pm Eastern on AMI-audio. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for more of The Buzz. Alright, see ya.
4: The Best of The Buzz with
1: Bill features Bill Shackleton, Kelly McDonald, Remya Amuthan, brock richardson and margaret weldon of the ami show kelly and company the technical producers of this podcast are matt agnew jeff ryman and grace Schofield. the manager of ami audio is andy frank